It's Kyle Bartley with a header from John Swift's free kick. It's a shame we're never going to be able to back him, is not we? We're already. <laughs> and it's there! And it's George Edmondson! Hello, uh, this is Gavin. Welcome to the Anytime Notebook podcast. Uh, just a reminder, we're here every week. Review what we've seen, mark your goal scorecard for the weekend and put up some good value selections. Joining me to do all of that, as always, John Bywater, who's at setpiece here on Twitter. Good evening, John. Good evening, sir. How are you? I'm good. What a what a midweek that was. That was uh, We got together to do a podcast on the, on the Monday evening. Um, didn't back any winners. We'll talk about how close we were, but we I think we were both at games on Tuesday. We sat back and watched the scores come through. It was like a it was like a notebook alumni benefit gig. They all come through. Nathan Smith, Liam Kitchen, Jacob Greaves. It's like it's like it's like a, a gentle reminder. Look at what you could have won, lads. I'm sure there were some yeah. betting slips from August that would have included all of those three on them, but there wasn't any this week, and that was the most important thing. Um, and then we even Phil Jagielka pops up on Wednesday as well for Stoke. Who'd have um, who'd have thought? How was your midweek? What about a bit of um, Ricardo Santos as well? We, oh. we said he we said he wouldn't score again for ages. We did say <laughs> that was the uh, a proper could've, finish could've this had, time, wasn't it? Yeah, it could was, have had three a, as well. Absolutely, he just was, uh, we have to lambasted him for last weekend for just getting in the way of one and yeah. You know, striking it whilst they bolt them a four nil up anyway, and then he, um, yeah, nil nil, proper near post run, flick it into the far post. Yeah, good finish. After what none in, none in three and a half years, three in a week. Off he goes. He's man in form. Flying now, flying. Eleven to two. Eleven to two. I imagine somewhere <laughs> some people have been scared yes. off. <laughs> um, you were at a game midweek. Um. Doncaster, how how did that pan out for you? Uh, I particularly enjoyed the chicken gyro, uh, gyros, gyro, gyro, gyros that I had before I got to the stadium. That was a nine out of ten. That was fantastic. Was that as good as it got? Uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a great game. Donny well on top first half, didn't do anything special. Barrow didn't have their first shot till the 45th minute. Um they're quite a dour side to watch, aren't they? I think you've seen them live a couple of times. Mm. They're, they're very hard working. You, you can't fault that. They're, they're always at it. Um, they're at it here. They were trying, definitely trying their best. A little bit better from Barrow's second half, but it never looked like scoring, even though there was a few half chances towards the end. Uh, Ex-Rangers wing-back James Maxwell, you've mentioned, I think, mm-hmm. once this year. He scored the only only. It's <laughs> not a lot for us. So he, That's right. sometimes you see the name and you think, I know, I think we've mentioned them, but he, with fullbacks you're never quite sure. But mm. well, he's more of a wing back, um, very tenacious player. Better going forward on the basis of what I've seen there. Sixteens um, at this week at Sutton. If anyone's interested, uh, good anticipation for the goal. Uh, the main thing I was. Sort of focusing on just because the the game was quite dull. The the Donny back three now looks a good mix. You've got uh, Tommy Rowe, very experienced on the left side, who's moving further back on the pitch as, as the older he gets. Um, 
I'm sure you'll remember. Was it Peterborough? He was quite an advanced winger at one point. He was, yeah. Um, yeah. He's, he's like a – it's almost a different player. He's just very cool, good organiser. You've got uh, a Lu Wu on the right who has the pace and aggression. He's a little bit rash at times, but he's he's very, very good in the air, um, as, as we know. But he – it looks quite easy for him. I think he, I think he can definitely step up at least one level in time. But the one who stuck out, who's a new name for me seeing live, was Lester Loney Ben Nelson in the middle. Okay. Uh, only eighteen years old. Uh, typical Premier League Loney, you know, pure class on the ball. He was at Rochdale early this season, and he switched to Donny in January. So I think I mentioned in midweek that. They've had three clean sheets since Aluru come back. Well, Nelson's only played four games from as well, so you can give him a lot of the credit. Uh, very comfortable stepping out on the ball. Uh, quite aggressive enough for League Two. He, you know, he's not worried about that side of it. Yeah, I'll add a little look into him. He's got three England under nineteen caps. He was Academy Player of the Year at Leicester last season. Uh, just based on that ninety-five minutes or whatever it is, he, he's definitely potentially. Uh, maybe even uh, you know a couple of levels up, uh, a lot of potential there for eighteen. So Ben Nelson was the name I took out of the game, really. Very good. Um, I mentioned uh, Millwall were poor on a they were a lot poorer mm. than I couldn't believe they were fifth. You know, we we um we truly run them ragged. Not a good, first time I've seen um who's the lad number ten for Millwall, Ian Fleming. I was looking forward to oh, seeing him. The uh, a, Dutch Dutch trap, yeah. Yeah, he's um. He looks he looks good, but he he didn't have he didn't have much, and he was easily frustrated, and um, yeah, weren't too impressed. But hey, um, I was dis- not dis- I'm glad we won, obviously. But I was I was in the mood to be disappointed and get irate. So I was <laughs> when Yoko has scored, I was like, you okay. still uh, you still Robins out, are you? I saw your Twitter <laughs> rant. Oh, <that's- laughs> just I just got I just got ever so slightly bored of just watching us. Hoof it up to Jokeres, and then just watching one man, one man just plough a furrow in like the opposition half, whilst everyone else just sits back and watch. You can't complain when he scores the winner as he did on as he did on Tuesday, but I certainly try and find a way to complain anyway. Let's have a look at the championship. We we um, like I said, we did cover a lot of what we saw last weekend in the pod midweek. Let's just reflect on what we might have saw in the championship midweek. Um, Dan Ballard for for Sunderland was on our list, wasn't he? I've put in my notes here a, cl- a solid notebook classic performance, which was a huge price, two good headers from corners. Second one gets saved, but you know never really looked like he was going to score. Um, but yeah, classic notebook that. Not even close to putting value on the table, but we got a small one for our money. Any, anything in the championship from your point of view? Uh, no, mate. Just just that really. Um, I think he looks like he's really grown into the role now. I think mm. I think having um, uh, Danny Bath back alongside him, and I've mentioned that before. I think he's kind of they're they're, they're quite a um, fearsome duo, uh, you know, especially in the air. So that is um, yeah. I think he well, he's definitely too big a price. Um, I thought the the second one. Was it the one for the goal? He couldn't score from it, but he showed fantastic strength to win the yeah. header. Um, uh, you know, you, you, popped it. Yeah, in, you, yeah. You, could, you couldn't score from there because he was being pulled back and he was half off balance. But a lot of players wouldn't have won that header at all. So that was a good sign. Mm. I, 
I quite like Sunderland in that. They look one of the better sides to me after seeing them a couple of times and they were good in the um in that FA Cup game. And, you know, particularly watching Millwall this week and who else have I seen over the last few weeks? Norwich, West Brom, you know, certainly add Luton as well. I'd I'd put yeah, I'd put Sunderland on the heels of what Middlesbrough and, and Sheffield United. The rest of the positions in that playoff um, race look look up for grabs. Um, let's look at League One then. We gave a nod to Ricardo Santos earlier in the week, and after putting down his performance, uh, he duly goes and scores again, which was which we've mentioned. Odd that um, Nathan Smith and Liam Kitchen both got their redemption, didn't they, in the same game? You know, after this time last week, we we're mm. talking about what Nathan Smith getting robbed and Liam Kitchen getting robbed. I don't know. So, I don't know whether yeah, the, the, the redemption Thomas, system is it. The, oh, exactly. Yeah, I'm pretty yes. sure Bobby Thomas tried to claim them both during did, the week, yeah, but this this um, time he didn't. He didn't. He didn't, he didn't pay its way. But um, yeah, both back on the score sheet and um, the Smith one was a knockdown, wasn't it? That he, I think he's second, second or third phase, and he's kind of been in the right place to to poke it home. And it, actually, again, the kitchen goal was like free, free header at the far post. It wasn't it really simple free kick? And I think. I think, um, yeah, Barnsley certainly confused uh, the Vale defence there because um, yeah, he wouldn't get a, wouldn't get an easier finish. Just a nice, just a nice header planted into the far corner. Um, anything else in League One from midweek for you? Uh, yeah, the only the only player I ended up backing uh, because all, a lot of the prices went are the ones we mentioned. Um, mm. Those massive, well, as you say, massive because you never know. But there's quite big price tumbles on a lot of the ones we mentioned, but. One price that stuck up stuck up a little bit, so I did back him was Cameron Burgess for Ipswich um, at Bristol Rovers. Um, had a quite a lot of chances early on, and then that was it. Um, disappointing, really. Ipswich couldn't score against Bristol Rovers, isn't it? But yeah, um, he had the run of the set pieces, didn't he? I think every, everything pretty much yes. went towards yeah. him, but yeah, couldn't help himself to. To extra goals. I did notice uh, a new name for me, Gerald Quantsar for Rovers, Bristol Rovers in that oh, game, yeah. on loan yeah. from Liverpool. Six foot three. England under 19. Uh, eight, goal, eight goals in 60-odd games, it says here. The stuff that I frantically copied off of off of Y Scout. But um, I did watch some of them. Um, and, yeah, he does look like a genuine threat. He might be someone to... They, Bristol Rovers don't often pop up on the list for, for a team to be with, but Gerald Quantsar looks to have a little bit about him, has got a good scoring record, obviously just in those youth team games and a couple of those England under-19 games. But I think 16-1 to 1 this weekend looks looks about right and could be a name, you know, if the right spot comes up in the future. Um, yeah, Joey, Joey Barton keeps talking him up, friend of the pod. Uh, friend of the good pod. Friend. <laughs> I had a, Alex Hartridge could have won all three points for Exeter against Shrewsbury. So he had a nice little near post run, and um, Josh Key wow, picked him out from a, the corner. It's a name from the past. Yeah, I always, uh, as I was writing that down in my notes, I always, I always, I've always liked him. I like you know left footed centre halves. There, um, there's something about them. I'm always surprised he hasn't kind of stepped up from from Exeter. But anyway, I've, three years since his last goal as well. It says here, so. I'm always Don't surprised that, that yeah, he's not. He's not. That's scored a football, one no. of those. Um, that's one of those where you can quite easily say it's because he plays for Exeter, really, mm. um, rather than he's not good at. You know, yeah, I, th- I think a lot of these players, you, you can put them into the right team and they can look dangerous. Um, 
There's there's some that there's some that will score anywhere or cause problems anywhere like Aidan Flint and mm. you know all the regular names that that score one in ten or one in nine regularly, but a lot of them that are on that next level down. Uh, you, you just need the right circumstances and the right team. You know, Exeter fans will know better than you know see him obviously more regularly than I would. But I, I was, those left sided, you know, for teams that play maybe three at the back, those left footed mm. centre halves feel like they're. Like gold dust, you know. That's that's what that's what every team wants, and he's um, he's one that's um, got a good peg pedigree in, in the lower divisions. But anyway, yeah, maybe just you know, one of those that that got away. He's got a fan on. He's got a fan in me. Anyway, on this, which I'm sure he's pleased about. Uh, anything else? <laughs> anything else in League One? You sounded yeah. like you were getting quite sort of emotional about him. Then, I was... oh no, it's, you know, there's there's these players that you've. Not necessarily follow, but you know you know they exist, and you're you're spot on. It's I, like I said, only from what from the limited time that I see him in in games and the odd highlights here or there, he always always struck me as a, you know, cultured, left-footed, good, taking charge kind of centre half. Like I said, Exeter fans will put me right if that's wrong, but but yeah, yeah, could easily have um, but but like you said, those Exeter sides going back have always been tend to be full of good ball playing. They play football yeah. the right way, don't they? Not many of them, I'm trying to think off the top of my head now, people have gone from Exeter to to play at the top level. But yeah, you're certainly surprised that, that more of them don't do it. Anyway, that that feels like buyers of the time that we spent talking about Alex Hardridge having Clover because I didn't <laughs> yeah, think we were going to go on that so... little tangent. When we're, when we're 17 minutes over the um, allotted time, we'll, we'll know why. Um Anything else in League One? Uh, nothing in League One, mate. No, you, you've got some good notes in League Two, though. I've noticed. Uh, League so. Two. Let's go to League oh, Two. Yeah, second nil-nil draw in a row in, in, at Sixfields. Um, John Guffey and Sam Sherring came very close to, to breaking the deadlock from some well-worked free kicks. Guthrie chance was the best one, I think. Yeah, should have finished it. Should have put that one away. But no, no goal since September. Because I had a quick look back at John Guthrie. He was always, you know, early part of the season was always on the list. Tends to go off a little bit too short. Um, continues to go off a little bit too short. But long time since he, he last scored. Um, Ed turns our favourite man of the moment. Right, Ed turns had another chance, didn't he? he was a, actually, I'm just remembering it back now when I read my notes and then I remember what I've seen. But it was a, it was a. He was a proper sprinting header, like started his run from way outside the penalty area and come and met the met the ball with like some vigorous force. It just went just went wide of the far post. Um, it's, a, it's a shame we're never going to be able to back him, though, isn't it? Already, <laughs> already, <laughs> already gone. <laughs> Didn't last long. Um, what else did I have? Oh, here's a, so Kieran Brennan for Swindon. Swindon never normally on the list of of. Um, players of uh, teams that I'm keen to go to and in fact you have to scroll all the way down the bottom of odds checker to find his name I just noticed he had a good chance against Sutton um 22 year old Sheffield Wednesday loney um kind of like a center spot a penalty spot loiterer and he just met the corner at the um uh, met the free kick at the um at the right angle it just went over but these little minor things that you see little chances good if spot, if, yeah. it, if he starts to you know if if, if if those chances become more consistent, then that's the that's the line of trajectory that you that you're looking for. Um, and then the only other thing I had was Morgan Feeney, right? So another good header. He's probably on the list now. You can find Carlisle in the white spot, but they were well beaten um, at home to Mansfield. But Feeney had another good header. He's 
pretty much worked the chance for himself from a from a corner. Um, but yeah, from a you know we saw lots lots last weekend and anything anything that I haven't mentioned in League Two. Uh, well, same same game really, but um, Beckles had quite a good chance, didn't he? Late on in that Orient game, he saw was it like a was he trying to oh, volley? Yeah, he kind of over like, the bar. He's kind of like yeah, facing towards his own yeah. goal when he hooked it, hooked it, hooked it over the bar. But yeah, yeah, usual usual suspects all about all of which leads us nicely into some selections for this weekend. Feels like. Uh, Feels like something a bit different. We've got a couple of new names, right? And a couple of new Yes. You know. We're not bored if, of if anyone if any if anyone's guessed these four names, then uh, I'll doing, give up. That's you're the, doing the, very well. Yeah, no chance. You start us off then, John. Let's go into the championship. Okay, so the nap this weekend is Joe Rankin Costello at twenty five to one for Blackburn versus Swansea. Um I was struggling a bit this weekend because a lot of the matchups in, especially League One and Two, I don't like them. There's a lot of good set play sides against each other on this fixture list. Mm-hmm. So I've sort of went back to scratch and had a look through the championship and thought, right, first of all, Swansea are struggling of late. I didn't think the the stuttering two one win over ten man Blackpool in midweek was doesn't prove anything really. And looking back at that game, they're arguably a little bit fortunate, especially late on. It could have easily gone 2-2. Uh, I think you mentioned, uh, it might have been midweek or last week, uh, last four games for Swansea, uh, 0.11, 0.67, 0.48, 0.35 in um, mm. set play XG conceded. Uh, Blackburn, Blackburn are on a side that we look at often. Uh, there's nothing at all obvious in the centre-backs, especially with uh, Ayala injured. But I've stumbled upon Joe Rankin Costello, who's a right back. Uh, you know we love a right back who, who don't score. <laughs> we haven't had one for a while since I said I won't put up another full back. That was about three months ago and uh, about 30 losers ago. They normally so, play for Bolton. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Here we go. Um, I had no, Like I say, I had no view on him at all. I've seen his name a few times, but I've looked at just his last three games. He's had 0.1 against West Brom in midweek from a set play. Nothing special, but away to West Brom, that's okay. 0.33 versus Watford in open play the game before. Um, 0.24 versus Wigan in the game before that. Two chances, both open play. Uh, Pretty good numbers considering his price. Now, I was sort of mildly encouraged by that, but then I looked at his season stats, and that is is all of his XG, and I thought, well, I can't really... It's kind of hard. Maybe it's just variance the last three games, but... Now I've looked into it. He played 45 minutes in August, and that was it. And he was injured till the 9th of November. He played 90 minutes again then, there was it, and then came back again late December. So he hasn't actually played that many minutes this season, and he's only just started to play four games of late. So it, it makes the the last three games a little bit more palatable uh, in that he hasn't played the whole season, and it's just popped mm. up now. Now, he's still being taken off late in a few games, whether that's um, tactical probably or they're still sort of bedded him back in slowly. So personally, I've, I will stake this one with a little bit more on the first goal scorer and, po- and a little bit on the any, but just because there's a chance he comes off on 70, 75 minutes, which has happened a few times of late. So 
bit of a fly, this one, admittedly, but the opponents are right and the price is, is fine. So it's Joe Rankin Costello at 25 to 1 for Blackburn. Lovely. I should take your uh, I should take your new name right back and raise you a um left wing back masquerading as a left back in league 2. Uh, something a bit different this week. Agree with you John. It looked very few opportunities and just with the way my mind works just wanted to kind of flesh out see whether there was um hey just just move outside of the um the center half district where we normally um play our trade. Uh, Lee Bell um crew manager probably staring down the barrel when they won nil down to Crawley last weekend but he switches to a back three at half time for the first time went all the way back it looks like three nil defeat to Barrow in October so that's the first time in any game he's gone back to, to three at the back they win the second half against Crawley sure enough he starts with a three four one two against Hartlepool and they win that game on Tuesday gentleman's name we're after is Rio Adabisi the interesting one so he, he starts wide left in the four across the middle just the one goal for the 22 year old in his in his crew career nice little header against Wimbledon when he was starting at uh, left wing back back in October here's the angle so over the years he averages one and a half touches in the area almost a shot and a half on target when playing further forward on the left which sounds obvious right that's what you would expect you push someone a little bit further forward they get in the box a little bit more and they have a few more shots on target but you, as experience tells us you still need the right player that, that takes those chances and gets fours and is not thinking like a left back when he is back at left back which is a normal position then you know you take the, take that data and you at least halve it because it's little more than a touch every two games um, inside the opposition area and just half a shot on goal each game but it's you know it's all data that's backed up by what we saw on Tuesday a shot from the edge of the box far post header you know, sneaking in at the far post from a, from a free kick not necessarily well definitely not an aerial threat but someone who, you know, once they push further forward, sees their role. I think Crew take a little bit of confidence into this game against Harrogate this weekend. The twenty to one Adabisi looks a nice spot as long as he does start further forward, which you'd think Crew, you know, they you'd think Bell would set them up the same because they've seen some success and, and turn those um, defeats into wins by by moving things around a bit. Something a bit different. I think we get to back a left wing back, left midfielder at a left back price. So I, I'm going to put up twenty to one Rio Adabisi. Um, next for you, John. Love it. We've uh, was it last season? We briefly looked at him for a, for a time, or was it earlier this season? Yeah, no, he's definitely a name on the list. I can't remember whether it was for you know left wing back at left back prices, was, yeah. but it probably was, wasn't it? So yeah. Yeah. Getting, um, anyway, I'm going back to centre back alley, as it's now known. From uh, <laughs> you've just named it. Uh, it's nice to have the option of the Friday night game because we're recording on the Thursday, um, and it's nice to get the pain out of the way early. So <laughs> we'll go. We'll go to Cardiff versus Reading, and quite a regular mention. I don't. I think you've put him up once this season. It's Mark McGuinness at sixteen to one. Now. Uh, Lamucci has only been charged four games at Cardiff, but I like the impact so far. As I mentioned last week, um, it sort of caught my eye against the unstoppable Middlesbrough train. In the uh, Despite the 3-1 defeat there, they were very competitive with quite a lot of set play XG. And I did go and have another look at that earlier today, and Carrick was very complimentary about them as well. Now... Um, they then got the much-needed 2-0 away at Birmingham in midweek with a oh-so-predictable Perry NG 
um, bend it like Beckham free kick, which uh, if if you could have backed that at 200, you wouldn't, because I don't think he's ever taken a free kick, free kick before. So that was unbelievable when I saw that. <laughs> but it go, you go to, you look at Reading and it's, we're always negative about Reading really. Uh, at one nil down to Rotherham in, in midweek, they would have been sweating at getting dragged into the relegation scrap. As it is, to be fair, they did dig in and win two one. Um, looks like they're a tad fortunate there to do so, and that they're now eleven points clear, so they're probably safe enough. But when you see that they conceded a goal to Lee Peltier, which was his uh, first goal since two thousand thirteen uh, from a corner, that tells you that they're definitely vulnerable. Um, now, it's it's not really that easy to separate McGuinness or Cedric Keepre, I mentioned recently. Mm-hmm. And you've also got a factor in Perry NG. He's never been a, that much of a threat from set plays, but he's going to be on the free kicks now. But talk about an overreaction. Some some firms have cut his price in about a third over the last day, which is, I mean, it, being on the free kicks, it's, it's not like being on penalties. You know, it's, no. it's it it does help a bit, but it's not. It, you can take a couple of points off a big price, but not you can't you can't third them really. Well, you can do what you want, but I can't um, I can't I can't get within with the price. If you look at the career records, for what it's worth, Mark McGuinness nine in one hundred nine, uh, Cedric. Keep Bray 5 in 193, which is a lot worse than I thought it was. Uh, Perry NG, 9 in 280. Now, to be fair, he's never taken a direct free kick. He's certainly never scored one before midweek. So, okay, you could you could up that up that by a few if he's going to remain on the free kicks. But quite happy to stick with McGuinness. Now, I think he's come back as well from that, that really dominant loan spell at Sheffield Wednesday. Um as a different player and he's he's now going to be he's kind of the main man at Cardiff now he should be looking to establish that so mm-hmm. at the prices considering it's Reading 16 to 1 is fair so it's Mark McGuinness at 16 to 1 I like it you just said enough there for um Perry and G to react in the same way that Ricardo Santos <laughs> oh, did this, this week. <laughs> no, Ricardo Santos. Um, who else? We've uh, Liam Kitchen. I said a couple of weeks ago. He, he, he's no longer a threat. It will be Thomas or Anderson. So Perry and G two plus is the bet for absolutely. Um, I think my next best said. I think you just. I'm not. I'm not deeply opposing Forest Green here. I think there's there's a, they've they've kept it relatively tight um the last few weeks, you know, given almost next to nothing away. But hey, purely on the price, I think you have to back Cameron Burgess for Ipswich at home to well, what we know is the is the bottom side. So um you'd have to think this has got to be, you know, a watershed moment for Ipswich. You know, five without a win in all competitions. Burge is still searching for that six-goal Atkinson-type form, which he's had a couple of seasons ago, which he followed a, a four-goal season for, for Salford the season before that. He's got two already this season. We mentioned the three chances that came his way against Bristol Rovers in the week. Followed some good chances at Oxford and Plymouth, and he scored in late December against Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. Ipswich, I think, you know, let's have a look, what, two to seven they are to win this game. And they've been putting these bottom-half sides away pretty easily at home. I know their 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 automatic playoff their automatic promotion spot is kind of quickly 
looking like a long way away. But when it comes to how they're tackling these bottom half sides at home, they, they're certainly putting them away with some ease. And yeah, none are, none are more bottom half than Forest Green, I suppose, are they? Popping up the, the table. I think um, despite the fact that Forest Green haven't given up too much from set pieces recently, I still think Burgess is a better at 16s here. The price just looks, yeah, for, for, for the 1x2 price for, for Ipswich and... You know how consistently they put sides like this away. I think you have to, um, you have to try and back Burgess. I think here at sixteen to one. Um, and that was a fairly simple but a thorough run through of um, of weekend selections. A- anything else that didn't quite make the list, but might do in the future, or might make the list come Saturday morning, John. Um, like like we both said, now it's just the. The matchups are just really unappealing in the in the two lower leagues. Um, you've got Lincoln Portsmouth, where Monsmer's tempting again, but uh, he played really well against Derby midweek. I saw a few reports saying that he was fantastic, and he had a. Did he have the shot for the goal? He did. Um, yeah, he had the yeah. shot for the goal, didn't he? I forget who got the goal now. He loves a long range shot as well, yeah. doesn't he? Um, but I don't know. The, the price is okay, so you, you couldn't really. You couldn't say it's a bad price, but um, similar comments, really. I was trying to look at um, possibly someone for Sheffield Wednesday against MK Dons Mm. after the midweek where they conceded to every Bolton defender on the pitch. Um, uh, And also, um, well, talking of Bolton, actually, the only one I had another look at was Luke Mbete, who did score uh, in midweek, as uh, (laughs) say nearly every other Bolton defender did against MK Dons. He should be a massive threat. He's um, a very big physical youngster. Now, he, he was written off after the Huddersfield loan spell, um, but this is different. He's in League One now, at top side, not a struggling side. And I noticed that I think Man City extended his contract earlier in the season. So if they see something in him, then I wouldn't worry too much about what Huddersfield fans on Twitter say about him. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, they're playing Wickham, so the 14s is, there's no appeal really. Wickham's not a side you mm. want to be against um, at all. Uh, League Two, a name we both liked, uh, just maybe because of his name, but because of his uh, imposing style, Edon Pruti, um, mm. <laughs> getting some regular mentions, the Albanian uh, Loney at Hartlepool. Uh, I thought he looked threatening in midweek, uh, another good effort. The problem here is you, you can't get involved either for or against Wimbledon at the moment. Mm. Just, the, the games are so tight and like very sort of uh, static games with very aggressive, lots of fouls and look very solid defensively, but I, I couldn't entertain getting involved in, in one of their games. So, again, it's not... It's just not appealing. It's, it's it's the way the card falls this week for me. What about yourself? Yeah, similar to you, I was desperate to back someone for Sheffield Wednesday against MK Dons. I think there's there's probably an argument that the nine to one Aidan Flint is still probably a good price. I've just had a a quick click through odds checker as well. There's some hundred and fifties about for two plus as well. So I'm sure that will make the list. I know we, we talked to him we a go big again. time. We we, go yeah again. I think you um yeah, like I said, I think they're it, not enough to, to put it up as a as a nap or anything, but there's probably an argument to say that 
even single figures, Aidan Flint or any of that um, Sheffield Wednesday backline is value against MK Dons. And the other name I have, we've mentioned it plenty, Fiacra Keller, Kel Heller for Carlisle, who I think are, uh, they host Colchester, I think, uh, this was right, yeah. you've got. Um, um, yeah, he plays for Colchester, doesn't he? They're at Carlisle. Yeah, yeah. so um, yeah, 16 to 1, I thought was a, a good price for someone that we yeah, we put up last weekend, some a genuine threat in that Colchester backline. So, um, but yeah, tough, tough old card, and um, hopefully a couple of opportunities there that we've um, that we've found. Certainly, stuff that we'll be backing. Um, what do we normally say at this bit, John? Be lucky to everyone, whatever you're backing. Uh, be lucky, and uh, what else do we say? When subscribe. the fun stops, uh, that's right. Subscribe. Dig a bit deeper. Re- yeah. Uh, re- review. Um, oh yeah, at least some reviews if you like. Listenership it. continues to go up. Healthy um, subscriber count in midweek as well. Imagine what would happen if I have a proper winner. We'd have we'd have some fantastic you, subscriber numbers. You what? You, you watch on. Um, I only venture on Twitter these days to when I've got a proper opinion. But you watch me boom the hell out of it if we if we back a winner this weekend. Um, John, a pleasure as always. Um, we shall do this all again next weekend and reflect on what it is that we've seen and put up a few value selections. Um, I think we'll call it a day. John, good to speak to you. And we'll, we'll catch up again next week. Thanks, mate. Yeah, take care. Good luck to everybody.